It's time for Bump and Run, the podcast all about golf. Here are your hosts, Bob and Jamie. And welcome to Bump and Run. I am Run. And I am Bump. And uh, Mr. Bump, congratulations on uh, making it through the technical waves of getting things started. We had a little yeah. trouble on both ends here trying to get this podcast going, but we're, uh, we're up and running now. It sounds pretty good. You're uh, going for a run. I am going for a run. I'm going to go to Berlin and run the Berlin Marathon, which uh, housekeeping-wise, we won't have a podcast next week because uh, I'll be in Germany. Probably after the run, I will be on, that'll be usually tape on Wednesday, so uh, I'll just be getting out of the Hofbrau House in Berlin at that point after the run. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, but a uh, an interesting week last week with some interesting winners in golf. Uh, we had Sebastian Munoz in uh, on the PGA Tour. We had Danny Willett on the European Tour. Uh, we're going to get into both of those, but I wanted to start off with Munoz, actually, and um, second... South African consecutive winner on the PGA Tour. Never happened before. If I was to say who is the most famous South African golfer, who or South American golfer, excuse me, I said South African before, South American golfer, who would you say it is? Well, I would, that's a great question. I would probably say, I think, Angel Cabrera. Yeah. Just because of multiple majors. Yeah. Do you know this? Do you ever hear the story about um, Angel Cabrera? So apparently, well, what happens after the Masters guy win, after you win the Masters, you do a whole bunch of different things. And one mm-hmm. of the things you do is you have dinner with the um, you have dinner with the members. There's like a, an actual dinner, and you go in, you sit down. And apparently Cabrera ordered hamburgers off the menu, and he ate something like eight hamburgers because he was so hungry <laughs> after winning well, the Masters. Well, it did go into a playoff. <laughs> yeah, so that alone makes him the number one... Um, Number one uh, South American golfer in my book. But there's, of course, right. Roberto Di Vicenzo. I would mm-hmm. say uh, Camilo Villegas, Johnny Vegas, two-time RBC Canadian Open winner. Right. So there's some uh, there's some good names from South America. But I think I think it's it's interesting to see these two guys, Neiman and Munoz, win back-to-back. Um, and you got to think there's something to do with, you know, PJ Tour Latin America having started, given the guys mm-hmm. who play the Latin American Amateur Championship, which Neiman won. I think right, and yep. uh, and also um, the fact that golf's in the Olympics now means there's a little yeah, more funding think, from some of these countries. Yep, and you know again, like Neiman, you know Sebastian Munoz aside, Neiman was a number one ranked amateur player in the world. Right. So um, you know, not necessarily surprising that he is making his way here after a slow start to his pro career. Um, or a slow middle section. Had a couple good starts at the beginning of his career on sponsors exemptions, but then, you know, up until the win had been sort of a struggle for him. Um but I think he's I think he's a pick by Ernie Els, I believe. Yeah, for the international team? Yeah. 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 There seems to be leaning that way. Ernie played with him uh late last year in an event and really liked what he saw. So mm-hmm. he flighted the ball really well. Yeah. He is pretty young, that's the one thing. But it yeah. does close up another spot. So if we were looking at today, you'd probably figure for sure that Jason Day is going to have one. Yeah, Mark, he's as long as Mark Leach, Yeah, Jason Day's in. Joaquin Neiman is in. And now that leaves just two spots, and it's kind of a crowded race to get those right. spots. Unfortunately, Sebastian Munoz put his name on the map, but I think it's probably a little too late. Um, I just think he's got too many guys to overtake. He, you know, you know, Ernie Els is South African, and there right. are three South Africans that he could consider um, in Brendan Grace. In Eric Van Rijn and in um, Justin, Justin Harding. Harding, 
and that's and, you know again like then there's a, a couple of Koreans and Sun Im who's had a fantastic career played a lot but has been on form for most of the year and Benny on ha- had a good year last year yeah um, and then there's Corey Connors of course um, and depending on you know uh, depending on you know this week at Safeway Adam Hadwin's making his season debut so um, there's, there's still there's, lots of move there's, 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 there's lots a of month to go there. yeah month it's to a go. month and there's a WGC event in that time so I I, I think I, I think it's too little too late for Sebastian Munoz unfortunately but I do believe Joaquin Neiman you know the way he hits the ball and and you know, I, they have to have some youth there, right? You can't have the same old guys that lose every year at the President's Cup. There <laughs> right. has to be some new blood, right? So, um, it's interesting it'll, to see. It'll be interesting. Uh, it, interesting to see Adam Scott playing this week because he never plays yep. in the fall, right? Uh, but he's playing in Napa, and that's an interesting development there. Um, I think I, I had a chance to spend some time with Mike Weir last week at his uh, charity tournament up in Sarnia, which raised three hundred and thirty-six thousand dollars, I think, awesome. for. Uh, Mental youth mental health facility in his hometown there in Sarnia, uh, and and I asked him about you know does he lobby Ernie and he says yep yep he lobbies for for Corey and for Adam, and uh, you know he points out that that Corey is a great match play player was in the mm-hmm. final and the semifinal of the USM shot sixty three right. once at Royal Melbourne's where the tournament's going to be so um, you know I think he just put them but at the, he said sort of at the end of the day it's going to be Ernie's choice you know we right. can only do so much yeah. so. I, I, you know, I felt more confident that Canadians were going to make it before. I'm not. Right. I don't know right now. I think it's going to, as I say, anything can change in a week. Yeah, exactly. So. I just think if you look at if you're looking to make a case for one of the Canadians, it's Corey, right? Because sure, he's so good tee to green that in alternate shot. I think we said this last week. In alternate shot, he is a perfect partner, right? Because he hits the he's fairways, many. he hits the greens. So, um, but then Adam can Adam can get a hot putter going. So. It'll be interesting. I, fi- you know, you got to think he's taking one of the South Africans. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, I think so. And Jason days in, and and Neiman's probably, you know, Neiman if he continues to play well, it's going to be interesting. It's a, it's a good little race that they got going. Hello, um, Neiman. For these. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's good. For it's a good race that they got for these spots. Yeah, these last four be. spots. So, uh, so Weirsy told me a good story. We were playing at Huron Oaks. Uh, this has nothing to do with what we were just talking about. It's a total non sequitur, but he told me this great story. We played at Huron Oaks, which was the course that he grew up on, and his parents kind of lived across the street. So he said that um, he and his buddies one night, about, uh, I don't know, about 6 o'clock or something, decided they were going to go over to the local pond, and they took off their clothes down to their underwear and went in the pond waiting for golf balls because, you know, they're kid, teenagers or young kids right. and they didn't have any money for golf balls. Um, but as he was doing it, I guess one of the other guys who was in the group um, got out early and took all their clothes and ran off. <laughs> so he's so in the pond in his skivvies and there's still people playing on the golf course. So he said he had to wait until all the people had gone through and it was dark and he could get out of the pond and race back across the golf course. He said he was hiding behind every tree, making sure no one was around before he could get back to his parents' house. I love that story. That's a great story. <laughs> um, but uh, speaking of Weirzy, the other thing that we talked about, of course, is uh, he's going to turn 50 in um, in May. And uh, there'll be there's a good, pretty good class of guys turning 50 mm-hmm. this year. So Mike is there turning 50, uh, Phil Mickelson, Jim Furyk. Ernie Els doesn't turn until October, uh, and Tim Heron, Lumpy, got to throw Lumpy in there. Got to throw Lumpy in there. But how many of those guys I wonder will actually play Champions Tour events? I, 
I are we talking in the in career or are we talking this year? I'm going to say in the next or two in the years. next two years. So next two years. What do you think? This year and I, all next year. What do you think? Obviously, we know Mike will be playing the Champions Tour. That's what he's yep. been continuously working on his game for. He shows no signs of wanting to stop playing. Um, keeps working hard on his game and trying to get it back on form. Um, I don't. I think Ernie Els will. Tim Heron will. I, I don't think Furyk or Mickelson in the next couple of years will. Um, Interesting. I, think, I wonder if one of those guys. I'm not sure so much Mickelson, but I wonder if Furyk would play like the U.S. Senior Open. Yeah, maybe he might. He might something like that. Yeah, but he, you know, again, like the, it's funny to say, like, you, but look at how he played at the Players last year. Yeah, you know, like exactly. he's turning fifty. Yeah, he should probably just start hitting the the big tour. But he's these guys are still competing hard on the on the regular tour and playing right. in most and have spots in most of the majors. Um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. So I, you know, I think Ernie, Ernie's game hasn't been as it was when we're used to him as we're used to him being. So um, he's not really competitive on the major tour anymore. No, I think he's going to go down there and cash checks every week. on yep. the No cut tour. Yep. The Mulligan tour. But <laughs> uh, I, I think it'd be great to see Tim Heron play. He's, he's going to be popular. All those guys that come out at fifty, they usually find like a five-year window where they can just yeah dominate, right? Like it, it's kind of it's kind of happened quite often. David Toms, yeah. Steve Stricker's dominating now. Back in the day, it was Bernard Longer, uh, who was still playing well up until now. But like, you know, you got a good five-year window between fifty and fifty-five where you just could really make quite a good quite a good bit of money. Look at Stephen Ames. I want the drug that uh, that Bernard Longer takes. I want to know what that yeah. is. It's crazy. He's, he's finally slowing down. Sixty. What is he? Sixty-five. And he's finally yeah, not he's, winning every week. No, I think he's like seventy-two or something or eight. <laughs> seven, no, I, I don't know. It's crazy, isn't it? I think he's he close in, to like sixty-five. Isn't he's in he? his early sixties for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, um, the other guy. The interesting story last week uh, was on the European tour where Danny Willett um, won. And uh, one a big event. It's the, basically you know it's the flagship event of the European right. Tour. It's the BMW PGA Championship. It's kind of like their Players Championship. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a big event, and it's kind of the the comeback to a certain extent. I mean, he's he's played so well in the last little bit, but mm-hmm. um, man, the guy has gone through a ton since he won the Masters in 2016. He fell down to he was ninth after that, and he's fallen. He fell as far as 462nd on the world ranking, and he's back up in the 30s now, I think. Right. Um, but he had injuries to his back, his neck, his wrist, his shoulder, and interesting story that he kind of got uh, got in a little trouble with painkillers. He had to wean himself off those right. as well. And the guy who's been helping him, of course, is Sean Foley, who's a swing teacher, who said they basically rebuilt his swing and and um, made it so he wouldn't be so. Uh, you know, wouldn't wouldn't aggravate things, right? Yeah, it was his fall was like unreal, really, all the way yeah. to that Ryder Cup, right, where he, yeah, you know, his brother ran his mouth and he had a terrible time. Um, in his words, I won't repeat what he said, but uh, oh, yeah, that was great uh, in the post. But he didn't, you know, after after he won the Masters, like the next year, he had maybe uh, two top tens. I believe, like, and and it was miscuts and and seventy six oh. and fifty, like it was a lot of miscuts in twenty seventeen, and then he finally started to show some signs late twenty eighteen, and he ended up winning in Dubai at the DP World Championship to get in twenty eighteen, right, and then obviously won again. His his game has been starting to trend upwards um, 
the last year and a half, but it was a long it was a long fall from grace from a guy who won a major to just not being able to find any sort of consistency in his game at all. So of course my my uh, my golf pool that I do with my dad every year, we took two guys uh, in our pool, Danny Willett and Joaquin mm-hmm. Neiman. And of course now you know they didn't they didn't do much last year. Now they're doing stuff this year, no, which of course, stuff, which is too late. Perfect. We should always uh, pick guys the year after. But that's anyway, right. But it's it, it brings up a point about guys who have kind of fallen and then come back. And we were chatting like, about this a little bit off the air. Um, I mean, the longest time between winning a majors is 11, 11 years or so. Hale Irwin, uh, Julius Boros, and Henry Cotton all had eleven years. But in, in regular tour, and Tiger events, Woods was close too. Yeah, it's true. I forgot about Tiger. Um, but guys like uh, Robert Gamez, I think there was mm-hmm. like 14 years. Uh, uh, Joey Sindelar had a long stretch. And you brought up a good name that uh, um, of a guy who I think has one of the most remarkable careers in professional golf. Right. Charles Howell III, like, he won last year in, at the RSM Classic. Hadn't won since 2007. So that's 11 years in between wins. And he's so, never he, lost his card. And he's never like it's unbelievable. And he he's in the top. What I he's in the top. He's in the top really twenty five in career. Top twenty five in career earnings. That's and, crazy. Like without a win, um, <laughs> it's it's amazing. I, I, when he won that playoff, um, well, almost a year ago, it's crazy. Like you know, for a guy who was so touted coming out, he's only got three wins on tour. Um, you know, but he's still like his career. He's still made a ton of money, Man. and played on teams, and and it's it's nuts. Just shows you how you can cash a check if you're a good golfer, and just cons- you know, Mister Consistency, yeah. I guess. Consistency, yeah. It, but. Like, and, but to never lose your card, that that's what that's big is remarkable to me. Like the lowest he finished in his career on the money list was seventy seventh. Oh man! In 2015, with no wins, with basically. no wins, he only three top tens. Uh, his best finish was T5 and won 1.2 million. He was 77th. That was the lowest. Chucky Bankstick. That's yeah. it. Amazing. Unbelievable. And he's, Amazing. he's 21st on the. His official is 21st on the money list, the career money list. 35 wow. million dollars. 35 and a half million. Well, good for Charles Hal and good for Danny yeah. Willett. Nice to see him back. He's a nice guy, actually. Yeah, I like, he's, I he's only a, interviewed a, him a few times. A lot of those, uh, a lot of those English guys, they're great guys, aren't they? Yeah, like, exactly. To talk to and uh, and interview, they're really honest. And um, by the way, Ryder Cup. Um, as we're taping this, it's uh, basically a year today that it starts. So, right. So, wonder if Danny, wonder if Danny Willett will be on. Name, and maybe he could have a better experience than he did. A yeah, years exactly. Ago. Exactly. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> All right, well, that's uh, going to wrap up this edition of Bump and Run. Thanks for listening. As always, you can reach out to us uh, at Bob Weeks TSN and, and, and at TSN Golf. And, and uh, uh, let us know how, how what Bob's time, you think Bob's time will be at the Berlin Marathon. <laughs> I'm going to try and run in less than twice the time that the winner ha- winner's time is. What's the winner's time normally? Well, last year it was two minutes, two hours, one minute, and 36 seconds. I think you could break three hours. Three hours? No. Yeah. <laughs> I can break four hours. <laughs> I am very positive for you. I'm going to stop for a beer halfway through. So. Oh, well, okay. Well, then, then we'll go for under four hours. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> That's what I would uh, do. Yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next talk time. Talk to you later.